welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. I'm your host, Patty Stuckler. We're keeping it real here with straight talk and sharing true stories that will inspire you to change your life. Are you ready for this? Because here we go. The housing market, along with the current economy, is going like gangbusters. It's really good right now. So why would anybody be afraid to buy a house? Why wouldn't they want to just get in the market? Well, I think people of more modest means, uh, not low income, but just not on the higher income levels, are finding it very difficult to, uh, to find properties, and they are really afraid, thinking that uh, different mindsets um, that really create fear as to why they're not getting into the housing market. So uh, my guest today is the perfect person to talk to about fear. She has written a book called Fear Busting, 15 Ways to Push Past Fear. And uh, she's also an international speaker and a life coach and a successful author. So she's going to talk about her own journey about fear. And really, uh, we can relate that to real estate and talk about specific tips on really the mindset of getting pushing past that fear when... Uh, you really, you really, it's really to your benefit. So welcome, Lucetta Zaytoun. Thank you, Patty. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be on your show. Well, thanks so much. You are just like the perfect person to talk about fear because I know not only have you written a book about fear and, and really had this amazing journey, but um, just in general, uh, if you could kind of share your story, because I know fear is really one of those things that's universal. It, it affects so many things in our lives. I mean, even buying real estate. So what uh, kind of what brought you to the point where you could really push past your own fear? <laughs> well, it's a bit of a crazy story, but <laughs> after I raised six children and launched them out into the world, I discovered my husband had fallen in love with another woman. And I just, oh gosh, I just hit the floor and curled up in the fetal position for about six months. I was so devastated. You know, raising kids all those years, I sat on boards, I volunteered, I did all kinds of things. But I didn't earn a single penny. I didn't save anything back for myself. I had no kind of career and suddenly I needed one. And I didn't even know who I was, not as a spouse or a mother. And I was just freaked out completely until I had this amazing aha one night in the middle of the night. I just bolted up right and I was like, wait a minute, I don't have to stay here. I don't have to stay in this town. The kids are grown and gone. I can't heal here. I don't even know who I am. How am I going to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life if I don't even know who I am? So that led me, <laughs> Patty, <laughs> to put everything I owned in storage, sell my car, shut down my phone, and I traveled in developing countries by myself for a year. <laughs> That's just crazy. It was crazy and you know, when I left, I thought I was being weak and cowardly because I literally just ran away to the other side of the world. <laughs> but crazy things happened out there, too, um, without intending to. While out there, even though I was 
deathly afraid of heights. I ended up jumping off the world's highest bungee bridge. Wow. Crazy. That was in Africa. Uh, I got French kissed by a giraffe. Uh, okay. <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> I got abducted for a minute and uh, ate a tarantula in Cambodia. Like all kinds of crazy things happened. But the biggest thing was I did have time to heal, but also almost every single day I was having to push past fear because I was out there alone traveling in countries where, you know, in the beginning I didn't speak the language. I didn't know the cultures. I was just a woman alone traveling. And so I ended up pushing past just about every fear imaginable. And when I got back in the country, that's when I became a certified life and leadership coach and wrote the book about the journey and became, I have become an expert in, in fear busting and pushing past fear. Well, wait a minute. Let me, let me back up. You <laughs> ate a tarantula? Like that's, <laughs> is that what you said? <laughs> that is what I said. And, you know, in Cambodia, they just, they eat everything. Uh, I ate fried ants, fried crickets. When the tarantula came up, like the legs were fried and crispy, but when I bit into the body of it, it was mushy. I just gagged it out. (laughs) That sounds absolutely horrible. At that point, you know, that was about a year in. At that point, I just got to a point in my life where I was saying yes to everything because I felt like, you know, I may never get this opportunity again. And I, you know, I'm pushing past my fears because I used to have a real fear of spiders when I was a kid. I couldn't believe I ate a tarantula. But, you know, at this point, I was just saying yes to every experience and every opportunity. And that's what helped me learn to push past my fears. Well, that's, um, that's a really good uh, way to look at things, to think about, you know, really saying yes to everything, to not being afraid or, well, I should say really probably being afraid, but at the same time. And doing uh, it anyway. Yeah. Yes. Being afraid and doing it anyway. Yeah. Yes. So, so okay, so if you're a uh, person and you're, you know, you'd really like to buy a house and you've been thinking about it and you'd love to, but you know, you really feel like you can't afford a house. What would you, now I can give some tips uh, on like what I always tell buyers is, look, if you're thinking you can't afford it, there's one way to find out. First, talk to a really good lender and any good realtor in an area will tell you two or three lenders you can call that they know are really good. That's either the first place. But if you don't even want to start there, if you want to just go on, you know, Zillow.com, Realtor.com, has a really good affordability, you know, mortgage calculator. And you can literally go in there and plug in things like, you know, what your income is, how much down payment. And if you have zero down payment, you can put that in. Uh, if you have, you know, $5,000 or, or whatever it may be, you can put that in, but your income and then what your, um, your debt is per month. So like if you have $200 in, in student loans and $300 in a car loan, okay, that's $500 monthly debt. That's what you would put in there. And then it'll spit out a number of what you qualify for and what your payments would be based on the current interest rate and, uh, you know, like average. And then for your area, because you put in what area you're looking, you know, what the, what the, uh, including homeowners insurance 
and the uh, property taxes based on that area. So it's really an efficient way. So those are kind of technical ways that very specific ways for a buyer to to uh, go on, get the information and see what they actually can afford and that they can actually afford. But what I find is if those that's all very clinical and it makes sense, makes perfect sense. But a lot of times it's not about what makes perfect sense. It's more about the psychology, the mindset of you know how people go through life and they're just so afraid of making that, I think, making that commitment and you know, like once they buy a house, they're stuck or something. So how do you, how would you, as a life coach, how would you advise somebody in that situation? Well, one of the talks I get hired for the most is fear is stupid 98% of the time. (laughs) (laughs) And here's why. Because if you are anxious or fearful or worried, it's in the future. So that means it hasn't even happened yet. (laughs) And so that means if it hasn't happened yet, we're making up a story. And as humans, we always go to worst case scenario. And the truth is statistically worst case scenario almost never happens. So, you know, what I recommend is if you're going to make up a story about it, Why not go to best case scenario and live in that energy instead? You know, just stop yourself when you're feeling that fear or that worry and go, wait a minute, what is this story I'm making up in my head and how can I switch this around? Because then you will switch from the cortisol in your brain, which is, you know, the the anxiety worry hormone. You could even switch that into adrenaline and be excited about what's going to happen. And here's the other thing, Patty, is that because your audience is here and watching this today and living and breathing, it means even if something does happen on that decision, they're going to be able to figure it out and handle it. Because you're living and breathing today, it means uh, tragic things, discouraging things, weird things, awful things have already happened in your life because that's what happens to us humans. But you handled it. And we are creative and intelligent and resourceful. And when things happen, we figure it out and we make it. And that's well, why we're all here today. So how do you, I mean, do you, um, do you walk people through or would you recommend walking people through, okay, what is the worst case scenario? Okay, well, for buying a house, well, I could, I could um, overpay. I could get stuck there for the next 30 years and never move. I could, um, you know, find myself where I can't make the mortgage payments. Um, do you do that? And then do you then flip it to what you were just talking about? Like the best case scenario? Hey, no one can ever raise my rent. No one can tell me I can't paint it purple unless you have like an HOA, Homeowners Association, (laughs) saying you can't do that. Uh, I mean, is that what you do? Kind of walk them through that so they can see that those fears are, you know. Yes, and also to see the joy of owning your own home because you can make improvements that you want, changes that you want in your own home. And I say this because I'm renting. This is a rental that I'm in right now. And I look back at that and I wish now 
when I got back in the country, I wish I had bought a home. But I was thinking, oh, I can't buy a home right now. I don't really know where I'm going to settle. And like you said, I thought I was going to get stuck. And then now that we're having this conversation, I'm realizing I'm in this town for those seven years. Why did I think I, I mean, I'm here, but I've been renting, which means I've been just throwing my money away, paying my landlord's mortgage for him. And I can't make any improvements to the house or changes or that sort of thing. And, and when I look back on it now, I wish I had purchased because then I would have something that was mine and I would be putting my money in a solid investment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes uh, total sense. And it makes sense that what you were thinking that you didn't know where you wanted to go, which that makes sense. If you don't know where you want to go and you're in a state of flux, like you, you know, you were in uh, throughout some of your journey, I, that makes sense that you would want to figure that out. <laughs> and then once you're, you know, pretty sure, hey, this is where I want to stay or this is a nice area, then, you know, go ahead and make that leap. And I think people forget you can always sell the house too, you know, yeah. I mean, not necessarily right away, you know, sure, that's true because you have selling fees. Uh, so, and you have to wait a little bit of time usually for some appreciation to occur. But at the same time, it doesn't usually take that long. And in fact, um, I've, I've got a rental property that uh, actually my mom owns and that I manage for her. And, and the tenants just moved out. They've been there seven years and they're, they were military, which we have a lot in this area. And I can totally understand why military personnel would want to rent because they're only typically in an area for three or four years, depending on their tour. Now, this particular gentleman was here for seven years. So he, he rented uh, my mom's property for seven years. And I was thinking, and he just recently moved out. And I thought, wow, you know, he was a great tenant, fantastic uh, tenant for my mom. So it was a win-win. But at the same time, I was thinking, you know, he could have bought seven years ago and actually done well because, but no one has a crystal ball. So you never know. I mean, look at, look at the market when it imploded in 2007 or eight. So I think, so, I mean, is there advice you would give as far as um, when people, because you don't have a crystal ball on how things are going to play out and taking that leap of faith or taking that risk, would, are there tips that you give for that? Yes. Um, actually, even if you are sitting in your comfort zone, you still will know how things are going to play out because your comfort zone is not all it's cracked up to be. Things could still happen. Things could happen with me renting. You know, the bottom could fall out, you know, my income could go down or, you know, there's no telling what can happen. Even mm -hmm. if you think you're comfortable and you're settled right where you are, you don't know what's going to happen. And so if you're going to have to deal with things as they happen, why not do that while you're going after your dreams? And your dream of owning your own home is just fantastic. Why not go after it? Because your comfort zone is not always comfortable. Well, that makes a lot of sense that you're, so you kind of, if you think about your comfort zone that we all like to feel safe and secure and, and, um, obviously comfortable. So if you're, if you're, uh, if you're looking at it from that perspective, but 
maybe from the perspective of, well, you have more to lose by not doing something, that by staying in your comfort zone and not branching out your kind of no, um, no risk, no reward principle. Right. I mean, Very good. And I know that women don't generally buy their own homes either. Isn't that right, Patty? Aren't they yep. statistically, they yeah. don't do that? Well, we're, we are seeing a rise in women and especially millennial women that are, you know, much more likely than, you know, 30 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago, yeah. um, as far as buying a home by themselves. So we do see that. What I see is in investment properties. I don't see many women at all in the investment property world where uh, women are afraid to venture out like a lot of men do. Men typically don't have any qualms about it on, on average. If they want to buy investment property, they just go do it. They just think to themselves, well, I'll figure this out. I'll get a partner or I'll get the cash and I'll, or I'll do a home equity line of credit and I'll do these different things in order to afford it. And they just, they're, uh, you know, and I don't mean to say all men or all women, that's not the case, but in general, in general principles of what I see personally, um, is men are a little more adventurous. I'd say women are a little more conservative with their finances, I think. And I think that is statistically borne out. That's not just something that I notice. I think there's been a lot of studies that have shown that, that even just not just in real estate, but in stocks and bonds, as investors, women tend to think long-term and, and uh, more conservatively. But women, yes, are more afraid of entering into, on average, the investment, uh, buying property to flip them, to, to hold them as rental properties like my mom does, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't know what you would recommend, you know, I don't know if there's are, are things that you specifically would recommend to, or maybe there are, are there things that you uh, advise a little more uh, if they're a woman client versus a male client? Does that make any difference? Well, it probably doesn't make so much difference, although, you know, because we're all humans, but here's the thing. You know, culturally, we got handed down that, you know, the men were the providers, the women stayed home, took care of the children, and this is just like a generation or so ago, but this is how it was. I mean, we, not even 100 years ago, we, women couldn't own property, they couldn't vote, we didn't have jobs, I mean, we had to rely on the man to handle all of that, so that's been given down generation to generation and that's probably and that's changing now and that's probably why the millennials just jump right out there and get their homes mm -hmm. and it's not an issue for them but for us there's stuff that's like kind of like in our dna that we have to be the cautious one we're you know we have to, as women we have to learn to be bold in our lives because we're changing things now. Our whole world is different. We can own property now. We can own our own business. We can live alone. We can buy investment properties and actually create an income from it. And, but we're just not, we're just beginning to get in that mindset. And the man, 
was that what's handed down to the man is you're the provider you do all the legal stuff and the this and the that and handle all those details and so that's kind of how they were trained that's why they don't have any issue at all with it well and i find that for myself personally that the more i push myself whether it's through my podcast and talking to such amazing people like you, Lucetta, but um, just in general, uh, I find that, uh, and maybe it's, you know, once you hit a certain age, and I think over 40 is typically where people kind of start to kind of spread their wings a little more. You kind of feel like, well, I have nothing to lose. I'm going to go for it. Um, but I, I recently, in fact, pushed myself out of my comfort zone and I, uh, I purchased a property uh, actually last week and I, I, wow. yeah, I was, it's an investment property and it's actually the, the first house that my husband and I bought my actually, actually my husband bought it before we got married. He bought it in 1986. We got married in 87. So, you know, I, he bought this little house, little tiny, you know, 836, I think 836 square feet, um, in North beach, Maryland. So, uh, he bought this house and we sold it. We kept it. We went, we moved there twice originally. And then we, we moved uh, back to another area. Then we moved back to the property. So we lived there a couple different times in like a, maybe a 10, 12 year span of time. Then we sold the property in 1999. And then the people that bought the property from us almost 20 years ago now, they got it foreclosed. So, I had heard about it. I saw it and I saw that it was, you know, had the stickers on the windows and the door and all that stuff. And I thought, Ooh, I really want to buy this property. <laughs> I really, I don't know why, you know, I had this emotional attachment nice. to it and it's just a little place too. So I, it wasn't overwhelming, like a big, huge place. So I thought I it clearly needed work just from the outside. And you know, you can't, when you buy like a auction house like this and it was auctioned off at the courthouse steps, you can't go in it ahead of time. So you just, but I knew the house. So that helped me just thinking, but to be honest with you, Lucetta, I had no idea what I was doing. I've never bought a house that way. I've bought investment property online auctions uh, through online auctions. And I've also bought foreclosures where it was listed by a realtor. So, um, you know, I, those are the ways I've bought those types of prop investment properties, but I've never bought one at the courthouse steps. So, I had heard about it from another realtor friend of mine that it was being auctioned off at the courthouse. And so she sent me the, the um, advertisement in the newspaper. And so I looked at all the terms. I had to show up with a you know $5,000 check, cashier's check made out to myself. So then you sign over. And if, if you're the winning bid, so, and if you're not, obviously you just, you know, take the check back to the bank. But so I showed up and there was like maybe, I don't know, 10 other people there to bid on my old house. So I thought, oh, this is interesting. I was the only woman there. And all these, all these men, different races, ages, very different looking one from the other. And the auctioneer with his, you know, how they talk really fast. And, you know, I hit a one, I hit a two, I hit a three. And they go, you know, really fast like that. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is a trip. And so then, you know, I just, so I, originally I was holding up the, the you know, the uh, cashier's check as, a, as my way of letting them know, yes, okay, I'm, I'm bidding. Uh, then after a while, then it's just a head nod because you, it keeps going. <laughs> so, uh, and then, and then I was it and it was, it came down to me and one other guy. And I kept thinking, can you please just go away? I mean, I'm clearly going to get this house. I was determined. <laughs> and I actually, I actually don't think that I overpaid. I actually think I got a good price for it. So I'm, I'm tickle pink. 
but it, he, he did drive it up. I mean, to be honest with you, if, if he would have just backed off a little sooner, I would have even gotten a better deal. <laughs> but, but I think that that is one of those things that I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. I was very nervous about it. And, but I just was determined. I just thought, no, this is too cool of an opportunity for me to, um, you know, to buy back my first home with John and for us to then redo it all over again. And in fact, right. uh, since I've been there, been in the house, obviously since then. And when I went through it, it was so weird. Lucetta, it was like a, a time warp, the carpet <laughs> that John had laid, you know, back in the nineties, still there, the ceramic <laughs> tile in the kitchen, still there, the, the, the hunter green countertops, still there. I mean, the whole thing was like, how weird. And it was like, all these memories just came flooding back. Like, it was, it was just very cool. So it's like what you were saying before about if you just think about what could happen, what are all the possibilities? Yeah. So even though you're scared to death to take that risk, and now I know I got to spend money on it. I know I got to then get it fixed up. I'm going to hold it. So then I got to get a good tenant for it. So I got a lot of work to do ahead of me, plus risk and time and money. But the reward is sweet. So yes. And the thing is, Patty, you just, you made such a good point. You had never done it before and it scared you because you didn't even know the process and you didn't know what was going to happen. So you never bought anything on the courthouse steps. But the thing is, you pushed past that fear and went after that desire of yours and you figured it out. You figured it out as you went. And that's another thing that we do in our minds. We just get so overwhelmed because we just see that big picture. And all you really need to do is take the next best step. Like, yeah, and keep people around you too that uh, support you. Like my husband, thankfully, he's like, hey, whatever you want to do, go, go. Um, you know, I support you, whatever. You want to go do it, just don't pay over X. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, which I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did pay a little over X. But he, I, I just was like, you know, I do think that you, you need people in your life and make sure that you surround yourself with people that'll support you, that you can support as well. And they'll let you live your dreams and you let them so that you're not having a lot of naysayers in your life bogging you down or trying to keep right. you down for some reason. And that's another thing that I work with my people on. And that is, you know, if you have a dream, a big dream like that or a goal that you want to go after, then you only want to share that with the people in your life that really seriously have your back. Because, you know, there are, we do have people in our lives, they, they may mean to love us, but when we walk away from them, we don't feel like a 10. You know, we just don't feel good. And so you only want to share that with people who really have your back because then they're going to pump you up about it. And those other people are going to be the naysayers and they could squelch that dream for you before you even get it launched mm -hmm. and that and it's sad but that could even be a spouse or a family member or just you know really close lifelong friend but or a sibling but so only share what you have to share with that person as little as possible and then go and share with the people 
who have your back. And that could even be the barista at the coffee shop you go to every day, <laughs> you know, because the barista be, should be like, yes, go, go for do it. it. <laughs> that house, you know, and you'll be Eat the tarantula. <laughs> 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 and you'll be, then you'll be pumped up and excited. And another thing to understand is that right before you take that leap of faith, and maybe this happened to you right before you went to the courthouse steps, right before you're about to push past fear, that's when resistance sets in. And you're going to say to yourself, what am I doing this for? Oh my gosh. Like, I just jumped out of an airplane last weekend for the first time ever. And on the way up, I, you know, resistance set in. I was like, why did I set this up? What am I doing? I'm crazy. What, what is going on? But just understand that that is normal. Right before you go in, it's going to flare up. And just tell yourself, all right, resistance, you're there. You're flaring up, but I still want this. And I'm going to push past this fear anyway. Well, I think that's just fantastic advice. And I, I hope that it, people will take this as, you know, just really a motivation to realize that fear is normal. Like you just said, it's, it's yeah. a normal part of life. It's what protects us from being too stupid. <laughs> but in and of itself, it can be stupid and it can hold us back if, if we don't let, you know, if, if we're not careful. Yes. Um, you know, so, well, how can people uh, find you so they can, you know, I know you've got all kinds of great, uh, you know, you've got great books. I know you wrote a memoir, so uh, you can, can you buy book, your books on Amazon? Yes. Um, both of the books are on Amazon. You can just put my name in on Amazon and they'll come up, but the, the memoir is titled, It's Already Tomorrow Here, and the subtitle is, Never underestimate the power of running away. <laughs> that's I what love I did. It. And then the other book, oh, and the memoir is also on Audible if you like to listen to the books. And I read it. So you'll hear my story Great. in my own voice. Um, the other book, the Fear Busting book, is also on Amazon. And you can find it there as well. And if you would like to learn more about my coaching or the events that I have going, things like that, you can go to my website. And that and is lucettazaytoon.com. And I'm pretty sure we should spell it. Patty. I was going to say, I, I was just going to say, you better spell that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's L-U-C-E-T-T-A-Z as in zebra, A-Y. T-O-U-N dot com. All right. I should have said, I should have said, stay tuned for Zaytun. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You've been terrific. So uh, hopefully you, you've, uh, you will encourage people and they will go out and uh, read some of your, your, one of your two books and really be inspired by your journey. Uh, that they can take away from. So this wraps up this episode of the Pitbull Patty Show where we are keeping it real in real estate. So thank you hey. so much, Lucetta. Thank you. And I just want to say one more thing to your listeners. Okay. And that is you are the only person who wakes up every day and lives your life. So why not live it your way? 
There's no reason not to. You're going to handle it. You're going to figure it out. Go bold in your life. Go do it. So go, come, go bold or go home. Patty. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you for having All me. All right. Until next time. Thank you.